0: This episode of Rick and Rick Rule: the world is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in premium quality travel gear with slim stylish gear like the Taskin Edge professional laptop backpack for business and travel. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use promo code R&R, take 30 at tascansf.com. Next up on an all-new Rick and Rick.
1: Netflix gives Altered Carbon a serious upgrade.
0: DC Animation drops Superman, Red Sun.
1: Big marketing and media predictions for March 2020.
0: Plus the official Rick and Rick review of Birds of Prey, loaded questions, and a whole lot more.
1: And it all starts right here, right now.
0: On the one show where nobody gets the short end of the Rick. (laughs)
1: and everybody rules the world.
0: Welcome one, and welcome all to Rick and Rick Rule the World. I'm Rick Matheson, and I am joined, as always, by the Harley to my Quinzel, the Victor (laughs) to my Sats, the Roman to my Siones, Rick Wooten. How you doing, Rickwooden?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, my friend?
0: Well, you know it's Girl Scout cookies season, so uh, I'm downing a sleeve of Samoa's right now as we <laughs> record this. Got some coffee too, so you know I'm a happy camper. How are you doing? So last time we talked to you, you were getting over a cold or something, and then this week you're getting over RSA. How did that go?
1: Ah, uh, RSA was great. So the uh, the company I work for, we we make a big deal out of RSA, uh, and this year we kind of upped the stakes. So not only did we do our annual RSA party, uh, which By the way, we had like 500 people there and even more, but, you know, we also did these other activations, you know, we did a couple executive dinners and a CISO roundtable and stuff like that. So this was a crazy week, but, uh, you know, we came out the other side looking good. So I'm really happy with it. I'm really happy with the way everything turned out. And I was complaining about being sick last time. I'm feeling a lot better this week. So that helped a lot, too.
0: Awesome, awesome and awesome. Well, congratulations on both. I am super excited about this episode since we've got even more awesome to go around, including the latest from the worlds of marketing, media, tech, and pop culture. But the big part of today's show is the official Rick and Rick review of Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So let's do this, starting with Radar, Rick. So have you started watching Altered Carbon season two?
1: No, no, I haven't. Uh, you know, the main reason for that is uh, I've been watching The Witcher and I'm not quite done with it. Ah. And so Altered Carbon is is uh, up next in my, my queue, so I've got to jump back to it. Uh, but but The Witcher's got me right now, you know. I, there's no uh, CGI of mustaches or anything else, but, you know, it's uh, it's been a great show so far.
0: The long blonde hair wig isn't distracting enough? <laughs>
1: No, no, actually, you know, I was I was kind of worried, you know, when, I, when I've when i seen uh, Henry Cavill uh, act in the past, it's, I don't know, it's been a little dry. It hasn't really worked for me as well. Uh, this particular character, he his, his personality is a great fit. And uh, the first episode was a little little rough for me, but after that, I, I really settled in it at night. I've suspended disbelief and I've really enjoyed the
0: show. I've heard really good things about it. That's probably the one I'm going to dive into next. Yeah, Henry Cavill is an interesting one because he's, I think he's been misconstrued cast in a lot of things. He's supposedly a fantastic actor. And the place where I really got the first sense of that was in Mission Impossible Fallout when he was the villain in that. You see that the guy can deliver. He's a good actor.
1: Well, and and I mean... Who else could, you know, cock his arms and, you know, like a gun and, yeah. and go after, you
0: know, our, our favorite Tom, character. Tom Cruise, yeah. What I liked about that too is, you know, Tom Cruise is a tiny little person and normally they kind of play that down. But my understanding is, and you can tell in the movie is they completely played that up opposite of Henry Cavill, who is quite big. So it yeah. made the character that much more imposing. That was a good choice.
1: Absolutely great.
0: Well, coming back to Altered Carbon season two. So I just started, just dropped the other day and maybe three or four episodes in and the season takes place 250 years after the events of season one and Kovich, or the sleeve he has been put into is Anthony Mackie who plays the Falcon in the Marvel movies so right. folks who are familiar with Altered Carbon it's set in a future where people don't really die so much as they have these little electronic stacks that have their I don't know their memories and maybe their essence of some kind and they just take those stacks when a body dies and puts it into a new body called sleeve and then they continue living. So everyone is essentially, as long as that stack's not destroyed, immortal. The first season was it's kind of like a murder, I don't know what you call it, murder mystery, almost a procedural set in this future. And this season, it's interesting because the body that he's in now The impression I'm getting is this new iteration isn't just the body of someone, they have special abilities. So he's upgraded and he appears to be not just upgraded, but chimerical. So I believe he and others in it, the main villains, appear to be hybrid humans with wolf DNA in them. But in addition to that, he has this weapons capability where he can just hold his hands up and his guns are going to fly into his hands. And so far, the fight scenes have been amazing. Anthony Mackie has already done some interesting things where you completely believe believe he is that same character, Kovich, Mm -hmm. placed now into a new body. There's very subtle movements that he has taken that convey that he's the same guy. Joel Kinnaman was the actor in the first season. They're very different in size and presence, but somehow Anthony Mackie's pulling it off pretty impressively. So, like I said, I'm three episodes in and it's, it's been entertaining so far.
1: I read uh, I read a couple articles on this and uh, it looks like the diehard uh, fans of the original novel weren't really happy with their first season. In fact, I think a lot of the reviewers weren't either. And so, for season two, they've kind of taken a different approach and made it almost uh, more like a traditional serial adventure TV show where you know, every episode is kind of, you know, moving towards uh, something, but it's it's almost independent from one another and they have more of a, I don't know, just more of an action kind of philosophy behind it. Is, is that what you're seeing as well?
0: I mean, it's definitely got a story arc, but yeah, I guess each of the episodes so far have been more self-contained. What it is, for sure, is much more action-oriented. There are some great fight scenes, yeah. so it's been pretty exciting.
1: Well, and the reviews of it have been really solid. I, I saw the Wired article you sent me earlier, and they were actually comparing it to the magicians and expanse, which are frankly, we talked about both of those are yeah. two of my favorite sci-fi shows. Well, one's a fantasy, the sci-fi uh, it, it, but I'm, I'm really impressed with, you know, the writing, the acting, the, you know, the way the stories are coming together. Uh, and, and this is on par with that is, is with this, uh, this article from Wired is saying. So I'm very interested to see it and see if it lives up to that height, but certainly I, I I enjoyed the first one. So from my standpoint, uh, it can only get better in season two.
0: Yeah, no, I, I did like season one quite a bit. And I, I was actually skeptical going into this one. Same character, different actors playing them. But I have been able to suspend my disbelief and, and get sucked into this one so far. So knock on wood, the rest of the season is going to be as good as as it is so far. So DC Animation is out with its latest animated release, Superman Red Sun. It's based on a fantastic graphic novel maybe 20 years ago. It's an alternate history. It's sort of another Earth within the multiverse. but on this. Earth, Kal-El of Krypton doesn't crash land in Kansas. He crash lands in the Kremlin circa the 1930s. And that Kal-El grows up with Stalinist propaganda and falls for it hook, line, hammer, and sickle. He works under Stalin until he realizes what an evil son of a Stalin is, and then he murders Stalin and installs himself as the head of the Soviet Union, wanting to do right, but then doesn't realize over time he's being corrupted just as bad as, as Stalin, just in a different way. Lex Luthor, he's still a total ass, but here he's an American scientist married to the world's most famous journalist, Lois Lane, and together their 40-year adventure is sort of the opposite number of the Soviet Superman. What we don't realize is that Lois Lane believes in Superman. She believes that he is a good person underneath this and is just misguided. and She's kind of holding out hope that he's going to see the light. Lex Luthor, he's an ass, but same thing. He believes in Superman. So this Interesting relationship forms between the two of them. Fascinating movie. Interesting take on the characters, and rivals anything that I've seen in the DC live action movies so far.
1: So I got a couple questions. Number one, how are they releasing this? Is this part of the DCU subscription service?
0: You know, I believe it is, but it is also available on demand.
1: And then uh, the second one is, when was this written? Like, I'm I'm curious how much the the social pressures of the time influenced the storyline. Was it Was it written during the Cold War times? it was written, you know, afterwards?
0: It was afterwards. So it had that ability to be retrospective completely. The graphic novel came out maybe 2003, somewhere around that time frame. And what's interesting is they don't pull punches in this movie. You All of Stalinist propaganda is laid bare here, but they also poke some holes in capitalist propaganda as well and, and kind of show you can be just as hypocritical as they were. And uh, it kind of hits home. It's kind of like, ouch. And, uh, yeah, so it's very very interesting story yeah.
1: that's great I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out all
0: right well, when we come back after this break we're going to talk about the good the bad and the marketing so don't go anywhere hey rick and rick nation don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com it's double the rick in just one <laughs> click at rickandrick.com and we are back Rick and Rick rule the world with Rick Matheson and Rick Wooden. We just got a couple items this week because we want to talk about birds of prey. And last time we talked about KFC's vegan chicken nuggets, and this caught my eye this past week. It's the KFC chicken and fried donut sandwich. Wow!
1: Yeah, you know, we talked about this. This uh, this doesn't sound great to me. <laughs> I'm not a big sweet and savory no,
0: fan. Me neither. Like
1: I, I kind of, I like them separate. So the idea of slapping some chicken between two donuts kind of sounds gross to me. I mean, I, but I know there's a lot of people who like chicken and waffles, and stuff on it. So perhaps this is attractive to them, but I don't know. This, this sounds like uh, a little too much for me.
0: Yeah, no, I have never been a fan of the fried chicken and waffles either. I want to say I tasted it once and was surprised that it was pretty good, but it wasn't something where I'd yeah. ever seek it out.
1: But you know, I, I, on one hand, uh, it doesn't sound great to me, but, uh, much like Taco Bell with their nacho fries, I, I think what, what KFC is trying to do here is to come up with a way of mixing what they have together and and create something unique that could get people talking about it and exciting, excited about it again, even if it's just for a limited time. I mean, if you think about uh, Popeyes as a as a good kind of analog, they were not talked about a whole lot. They, they had, weren't dying away, but they weren't really in the limelight. And then they came out with their chicken sandwich oh, yeah. that just blew up same chicken they've made in other things but they they put it with some special sauce and the pickles and on this like delicious bun and then all of a sudden it's blowing up and so i i think i think other fast food restaurants other you know retailers like this are really trying hard to you know, stand out and strike that gold. I think this is KFC's try. For me, it doesn't hit. We'll see if if audiences dig it.
0: You never know. And it does sound like it's got a hit with the KFC vegan uh, chicken nuggets, at least so far in their test. They sold out in five hours and they've expanded it to 70 locations. I don't believe it's out here in the West yet, but uh, I am looking forward to at least trying it. So I, I guess it is an era of experimentation for these QSR brands to get something out there that'll draw people into stores that are competing in a very crowded market marketplace
1: so i i tried this the other day i <clears throat> i took some amazon boxes and i cut out you know basically chicken nugget sizes and tried to feed them to my kids and they they wouldn't eat them so i'm a little disappointed that i i thought i could you know be onto something so i could get the you know the vegan aspect plus the recycling and kind of get it all in one yeah uh, but it didn't work out for me
0: yeah what the hell you know you had the fiber and everything <laughs> Plus good for the environment, lowers the, the carbon footprint. Dang it. Well,
1: now I know that what I need to do is to you know put some, some donut glaze on it and that, that will probably solve it for me.
0: There you go. All right, folks, it's time for the official Rick and Rick review of Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I would not have gone to see this if you did not want to do the review, but I have to say, I found lots to like about this movie.
1: We talk a lot in the show about Marvel stuff, and yeah. I, I felt like, you know, we've we got to give the DC stuff at least a try. So we have done a pretty good job at reviewing the last few Joker, Command, etc. And uh, frankly, uh, you know, the uh, I I still enjoy all the DCEU movies, just not usually as much as I, I do the Marvel. No. Uh and I, I think some of that is, you know, I'm 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 a, you know, comedy fan, so you know it seems like Marvel interjects uh, quite quite a bit more comedy into it yeah. than uh, DC has in the past they've decided with this movie they're going to take a slightly different tact and of course this movie is fairly humorous but it's also extremely dark wow. it, it did earn an R rating uh, because of I think they said four F words and then there was a, a whole lot of oh, violence at different yeah. times uh, You know, it was, it was well earned is, is what I'm saying <laughs> but you know it was uh, I, I enjoyed it it was something different than I expected I, I agree with some of the reviews that I saw where they said it really should have been called a Harley Quinn movie yeah. not a Birds of Prey and I think it would have done better because you know there was just a lot more fans of, of Harley Quinn and, and and frankly the movie was 99% about her anyways.
0: Yeah. I was about halfway through this movie groaning. I was not caring for it much at all and then I started to warm up to it and ended up liking it. I can't say that I loved it but I, I liked it and enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. It, it kind of reminded me of almost if a young Catherine Bigelow had done a DC movie, it might be something like this. Catherine Bigelow was the director of Point Break and The Hurt Locker. And I interviewed her after one of the movies in their, I don't know, mid-90s. And uh, and she said, yeah, I wanted to show that women could make action movies. Yeah. And, and she did. And this actually felt like something that she might have done if this world of DC Marvel comics movies were big at that time. I could see her doing something like this. So it was interesting. It had its qualities. Um, I can't say that I, I recommend it to folks, but I am glad you talked <laughs> me into to watching it. I enjoyed it. According to Forbes, I think I saw this morning that it has done, it's in line for, it'll eventually make something like 85 to 90 million at the box office domestically and 200 million globally. It was a disappointing opening. I think they were expecting something like, I don't know, 39 million and it came out like 14 million or something.
1: One article said 82 million. The other one said 84 million to make, whatever it was, 80, 84 million. Um, So, you know, by the time you add everything else in, it's probably about 300 million that Mm. it's going to need to make to truly break even. But the good news is it's almost breaking 200 million right now. So it's not like it's that far off, Uh, but you know, it it really has slowed down. It really has fizzled out. And one of of the things they said is uh, one was the titling. Was yeah. was one of the issues, and that yeah. was the one I mentioned earlier, where it really should have started with Harley Quinn, because apparently the the Harley Quinn cartoon is blowing up. Everybody loves that thing. Yeah. So you know this was a this was kind of a lost opportunity there. Second thing is you know particularly outside the U.S., people are afraid to go to the theaters right now because yeah. of the coronavirus. That's going to have a material impact, particularly when you we talk about the China market, which is,
0: yeah. is second know, largest in the world. We don't yeah, know that what box one, off is going to look like this year because of that. I mean, what happens if right. it goes into June? Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of movies where people aren't going to the theater.
1: That's right. You know, those things definitely did have an impact on this that said, it wasn't a bad movie. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun ride. If I'm not mistaken, Margot Robbie actually was an executive producer or something of the the movie, and she, you know, got behind it and she was really pushing for it. So it was interesting to see her, you know, star in it uh, and then, you know, play some sort of role from a uh, production side as
0: well. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I, I didn't know that, and I will say she is extraordinary in this. I mean, it is a great showcase for her. A couple of interesting things. So you mentioned the DC Un- universe's streaming series the animated harlequin that character was actually created for batman the animated series back in the 90s she was not in the comics first she migrated to the comics just because she was so hugely popular
1: you know interestingly suicide squad is one of the more critically acclaimed dceu Movies, um, which is kind of interesting. It seems like the less they make in the box office, the more the critics like it. This is definitely one of those cases. In fact, this one also had one of the best reviews on uh, Rotten Tomato previous to being released uh, versus the the other movie. So, you know, it's just interesting that. While people haven't paid a lot to see it, they really like it. Those that have watched it have have actually liked it and, and reviewed it quite well.
0: You know, it's just a different, funky movie. And, you know, I bet it does surprisingly well in its afterlife. You know, it's post box office life. I bet it's a pretty good on demand performer. It's just a quirky movie that I think will find an audience that just did not get to the theater.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's pretty fair.